This is the MLW Radio Network. This is Front Row Material with ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Here is your host, Mike Freeland. I think, you know, when I look back on 2019, it was a, it was a good year. Every year is a good year that you're uh, above the grass, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And you got to be thankful and appreciative because there, there's going to be the trials and tribulations. But you know what? It's how you respond to it. But you grow with every single thing that happens to you. And I think that if you look at it from that perspective, you can always take something positive away from it. But I agree with you. It's exciting. 2020 is going to be hot. Jerry Lynn's going to be healthy. He's going to be doing tope suicidas. And, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, I buddy. I will, I will suicide myself by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, your endurance is getting better, and that's the, the big thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's yeah. that's always good that you have more wind, and you have more wind in your sail, and... Uh, you, uh, I, some people may even say you have a little bit more stamina during the course of the day. Is that would that be accurate? Yeah, because <laughs> after a surgery, you get wiped out. You do get wiped out, but I tell you what: even if you get wiped out after surgery or anything that may be happening to you in life, you know what you can use to help you a little bit more. A bluechew.com. Bluechew.com. That's right, Jerry Lynn. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, you want to put a holiday smile across her face and maybe something else as well, then you need to get yourself oh, over to bluechew.com. <laughs> That's right, guys. Bluechew.com. It has the same active ingredients as the other two, Viagra and Cialis. Now, they're associated with an affiliated physician to work with you, and if you qualify, you might be able to go ahead and get something very quickly online. It only takes a few minutes. Go ahead and fill out some information online. No awkward doctor visits, no awkward conversations, and you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy when they're going to ask you, what did you come to pick up? Exactly. (laughs) If it's not the lady in aisle seven... It's definitely not going to be for you. So go and get your BlueChew.com. You head on over to BlueChew.com. You only got to pay $5 for shipping and handling because your first order is free. Remember, guys, use promo code ECW to get your first order. Only pay the $5 for shipping and handling. Remember, chew it and do it. All right. That reminds me of that movie, Mr. Mom. Was it Michael Keaton? I believe it was. Yeah. And in the grocery store, you'd always hear, Irv, clean up in aisle four. Oh, my God. But that'd be a whole different type of cleanup. It would. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Holy cow. And that cleanup might last a while as well. (laughs) I mean, that uh, that geyser may be continuing for quite some time, my friend. Sorry. Go ahead. You going to do the line? Yeah. Should we do an open? That's a great idea, Jerry. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am joined by the ECW, WCW, TNA, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and all points in between, Mr. Jerry Lynn. Jerry, it's good to talk to you again, buddy. Welcome to our Christmas special. That's right. Whooping it up. Now, we do not have Mr. Mikey Whipwreck with us this week. Mikey is... uh, 
Mikey's doing some holiday things. He is traveling, so he will not be with us, but he will be with us in spirit and in our hearts. And I remember, I, I texted him, I said, Merry Christmas! And he texted me back, bah humbug. So, you know Yeah, what? well, it was, uh, it was a tough one to get all of us synced around this time of year because of all the family gatherings and stuff. So it was a it was a hard one to get in. It was a hard hmm. one. That's to, what she said. To get in. Yes. <laughs> Can't oh, help it. Oh, man, that was excellent. Great timing. That's what Pam hates at. Well, after watching The Office, I can't help it, you know. Michael Scott's always saying it, so can't help it. What a great show, by the way. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. So good. So good. Um, I wanted to ask you this when it comes to wrestling and and Christmas and the holiday season. And and you're right. It is is hard because, you know, a lot of times a lot of the major companies will do double tapings. We've seen that. And they'll give the performers Christmas off or Christmas Eve off, etc., but then sometimes they don't. So I guess my first question to you, Jerry, is have you ever worked a show on Christmas Day? Gosh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to think back. I think I may have Thanksgiving, too, because Thanksgiving and Christmas used to be big wrestling nights of the year. There was always shows on those nights. I do remember Jim Cornette saying on his podcast that wrestling, I believe in uh, Kentucky and Tennessee, was like the Louisville Gardens was a big, big night because, you know, after about maybe two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon when everyone's done with Christmas, people will either go out to the movies. That's a big thing. They'll go out and see the Christmas Day movie that came out. And then, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Well, they got that Christmas money and they're excited. And they want to go to a wrestling show. So when it comes to wrestling on Christmas, that's, that's got to be tough. I mean, as far as breaking that news to your to your family and whatnot. How did you feel when you had to work on a holiday? Was that something that you were bummed about? Was there any way that you could get out of it? Or was it just, eh, this comes with the territory? It was mostly, well, it, it depended on your situation. Now, if you're married and have kids... That, you know, puts a whole different perspective on it and makes it obviously a lot harder. But a lot of my career, I was single and and I was, you know, bouncing around, moving from city to city. So it was it really didn't make much of a difference. I even <laughs> years and years and years ago when I was still just doing indies before I I can't remember if I'd already been. I don't think I'd been to WCW yet, but I was still just trying to get somewhere. I didn't even make it to my brother's wedding, <laughs> so, wow. which my brother and I have never been really close. My brother was cool with it. I showed up after I wrestled out and showed up at the uh, the reception, and his friends were mad. Oof! Now, were but you- I'd already talked talked. I had already talked to my brother about it, and he was cool with it. He understood. I had to go make money, and he knew I was trying to pursue. Uh, you know, this as a career. And so he was cool with it. I wasn't in the wedding party or anything. So. And that's the other thing though. I mean, if you talk to the bride and groom or whatever, and they're okay with it and you had a conversation with them, no one else should have a beef with it because you talk to the main people. You know what I mean? Exactly. I don't know. Some people just, it's really weird when it comes to weddings and stuff like that. Well, I mean, really to any family function, if you, you talk to people and you say, "Hey, look, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to work. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it here. 
it's it's hard and i think people will understand for the most part but then you still got those people and even those family members who say everything's got to go on hold for this specific day which i see both sides but at the end of the day you got to survive you got to eat you got to pay your bills and when you're a performer it's another opportunity at a payday and it could be a big one too depending on what the house looks like well yeah and you know, there's just certain people who are going to try and be controlling no matter what, especially when it comes to weddings and stuff. And when Pam and I, when the word got out, when we told everyone we were engaged and we we're going to get married, all of a sudden everyone's telling us what we have to do for the wedding. And we were just like, no, this is our day. <laughs> you know, why are we, <laughs> why is everyone else, else telling us how we need to do it? And so uh, her mom said, well, if you guys just uh, go to Gatlinburg and get married, I'll pay for it. Oh, wow. And, and so we did it. We ran to Gatlinburg, pretty much eloped, you know, rented a cabin. with They, they have all kinds of different cabins with chapels and stuff, all kinds of places to get married out there. So we rented a cabin, went out there and got married in a chapel. And her her uh, brother and sister-in-law were there to for to be witnesses. So, but at the end of the day, wouldn't you agree? If it made you happy, it made your your wife happy, and your, the mother-in-law was happy with. Hey, hey, keep the mother-in-law happy. Let me tell you that right now, folks. Keep oh, she's a saint. Happy. I could not find a better mother-in-law anywhere on the planet. But isn't that awesome, though? I mean, that you had her. Con- you know, you had her best wishes. Your wife was cool with it. And you're not doing these crazy $10,000 weddings that I heard some people will spend upwards of $20,000. I mean, I may even be on the low side, but isn't that just crazy when you're starting out your life and then you're spending all that money on one day? It is. I would think that would make a great down payment on a house. Yes, it would. Just go spend a, you know 2500 or 2000 or whatever it would take just to go run off and get married and then put the rest down on a house. Well, not everybody sees it that way, but um, I know you want everyone to be there. And but I would say just do that, and then just have a reception at home for everybody. When you were in Global, were you mm-hmm. wrestling during the holiday season in Global? Oh boy, Pro- um, I believe I was because it was over the winter. Because. I think it was the winter of 90 and 91. I moved to Nashville and worked for the USWA. And then when I went in debt too much, I went back home, got a job again. And then the next winter, Eddie Gilbert called me up and asked if I'd want to come down and work for Global. So I moved back to Nashville. So, yeah, I think it was over the winter. So it was probably the holidays. So did Global, I mean, obviously, did they do anything for you guys? Was there any type of... Christmas or holiday mixer or anything like that? Was there anything done for the guys and no. gals? No. No. Well, I don't know if they did there in Dallas, but because we were driving back and forth from Nashville every weekend. So for us, it was just another show, get it done, and then head back to Nashville. Wow. So everyone could be with their families in Nashville. Wow. So, so it was Nashville to Dallas was the drive? Yeah, every weekend. Every I think we'd head out. I can't remember if it was. Uh, we'd leave Thursday night, and because it was a good nine and a half hour drive, I think. And then uh, 
I thought we did the show Friday night and then drove back home Saturday. Good grief. Yeah, every weekend. That is insane. Um, you got to be a little off-center to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> the more I talk to you guys, the more I start to realize, holy hell. I now, you also, as we know, spent uh, a chunk of time at ECW. Was there anything that, that Paul did when it came to Christmas? Do you ever rem- remember wrestling during the holidays? I know you guys had uh, December to Dismember. I know that. But did you guys wrestle on Christmas or around the Christmas day? I don't. I can't remember. Boy, my memory's shot. But I don't think we did. But even if there was something close to the holidays or something, it was always everyone just agreed on a a bar to go meet up with after the show or something and just party together or whatever. You had mentioned before. I think you kind of touched upon it. Fans. Would you say fans in from your experience? Fans in Japan are different than fans in the United States? Are they just as ravenous, or is it? do they do they look at the show a little bit differently? Because I know there's a lot of clapping, and I know sometimes in wrestling matches over in Japan, they're quiet. And I've heard from some people that can kind of throw you off. What would you say is the difference between the fans in, in both countries? Um. I think it would depend on what promotion you're working for, because a lot of the promotions over there, they still get, they still look at wrestling as, as an athletic sport instead of just entertainment. And so that's why they're quiet. I think, cause they're really watching with intent and, you know, they're watching the game of human chess, which is what wrestling is. So, and, but if, if there's a big built up match and a big heated up feud, they will get loud and start going crazy and blowing the roof off the place. But I don't know. I, you've got fans over here that are like that too. So I, I guess it just depends on how much you love wrestling. Has anybody ever given you gifts or anything like that when you were over in Japan? Oh yeah, yeah, a lot. And one one of my favorite gifts was this man came and gave me a framed eight by ten of me. Actually, it was two of them. I think it was the two of them. Of me, I was holding his son in one picture, and I took a picture of both of, with both of them in another picture, and he gave me two 8 by 10 pictures framed with glass of me and his kids from the previous tour I was over there, and I thought that was really nice. That is awesome. It seems like, just from what you've been telling me, and I'm sure there's there's many, many more, but there's just as many memories in wrestling, interacting with fans and meeting some people and having conversations about how wrestling has affected them as much as memories you have in the ring working with people. Would I be correct on that? Oh, yeah. There's a lot. And I'll never forget, there was a married couple here in the States. Like out, I think it was out somewhere out on the East Coast for the life of me. I can't remember what city. This was so long ago. This was in the 90s. And they would be at every show. And one day in, I was in Japan. This was probably, I don't know, maybe five years later or I don't know. But it wasn't in Tokyo or a real you know, major, major city. But it was a big city. And I ran into him walking on the sidewalk. And it was crazy. It was just... (laughs) 
And, and I said, well, are you here for wrestling? They said, no, we're just here for vacation. And it was crazy just running into them. Wow. After seeing them at so many wrestling shows in the States and then all of a sudden running into them in some city in Japan. I mean, what are the odds? I know I've kind of wandered away from the whole Christmas thing here, but we hope everybody's having a wonderful holiday season. And, and like I said in the beginning, whatever you choose to celebrate, we hope that you are enjoying it and you're having fun with your family and friends. And hopefully it's not crazy weather wherever you're at and traveling is, is nice. We're, we're at 60 degrees here on Christmas Day, and I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I want a white Christmas. You know, I used to be that way, and I do like snow. Don't get me wrong. But when you get to the point where you're driving in it and you have to travel and your wife's family lives in one state, your family lives in another state, I'm telling you, that whole white Christmas thing, you know what? I'm okay if it doesn't happen. Are you the same way? It depends on how the roads are. If the roads are clear, I'm fine with it. What I hate is the below zero wind chill factor. Because, you know, I grew up driving in the snow. That was no big deal. And the snow actually made me a lot of money. When I was in junior high, we lived in a trailer park. So in the summer, I would mow yards for money. In the winter, I would go shovel driveways. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't mind the snow. No, but it, as long as the roads are fine and you can get around without sliding into each other, you know, that's fine. But the freezing temperatures, you know, if you got to go out and plug your car in so it'll start up the next morning, that's just too cold. So that kind of brings me to my next point. I, I want to ask you this. So being a professional wrestler, if someone were to buy or someone wanted to buy a professional wrestler some Christmas gifts, what are some things that you would say, oh, man, I would have loved as a wrestler to have this in my stocking? I mean when I was still wrestling? Yeah, like uh, just some things oh. that you're like, man, that is so awesome that I got this. I can definitely use this. What are some things that maybe if you're a big-time wrestling fan and, and maybe you have a favorite wrestler and you were wanting to buy them something, what are some things that wrestlers always need that would be just – they'd be so grateful to get? Okay, if you're not under contract with a big company who has a trainer there, um, it would be a whole case of Johnson & Johnson athletic tape. Johnson and Johnson athletic tape. Okay. Yes. Because I didn't realize it or learn to do it early enough in my career. I was too stubborn and dumb, but eventually after spraining and breaking both ankles, I said, I'm going to tape up my ankles before every match, which I started doing. And it saved me from a lot of injuries. So I went through a lot of tape. I found a way to do it. I could do both ankles and both wrists with one roll of tape. So, but that's, and you're always hearing guys in the locker room, you got any tape in a barrel? Got any tape in a barrel? So, yeah, everyone could use a case of tape. A case of tape. What else might be something that would be? A tanning package. Ooh, a tanning package. All right. Yeah, because if you go to the, uh, you know, I've seen and lived through the whole uh, tanning industry when tanning first tanning beds were first invented and how they evolved and changed and later in my career I started doing they have the the browning beds which filter out most of the harmful rays but just turn you brown but that's expensive and then of course you've got the uh, spray tans and that can get a little expensive because they got to have you know they got the big automatic spray booth so a tanning package would be great. Hmm. 
Now, let me let me ask you this question: Are mouth guards becoming more popular? I guess if you don't want your teeth chipped, because I've had a few <laughs> teeth chipped and had to get, you know, I, I had one of my uh, right to the I can't remember, right or left, to just to one side of the uh, two front teeth. I had that chipped. Luckily, not down to the nerve, but it was a nice chunk taken out of it. So I had to go get that fixed. I've had a molar chipped. Had to go get that fixed because it would cut into your cheek. So, yeah, mouth. It depends. Are you willing to <clears throat> take the risk of getting a few chipped teeth, or, or you know, getting your? I guess even with a mouth guard, you can get your lip split, but. What about Steri strips? It's we've talked about that a couple times, and it seems like those might be kind of nice to have as well, along with the tape. That or like Mikey, when he taped my eyelid shut, he just used the athletic tape. He just cut them in real thin strips, just like a Steri strip, and it worked like a charm. Or, you know, you we the boys used to use the uh, super glue, but now they have the new skin. Yes, a lot of bowlers. <clears throat> my parents are big. Yeah, so just they'll use it. You know, that'd be great. A tube of new skin would be great for a wrestler. So I'm trying to think, what else? Oh, a box of protein bars to bring on the road with you, because that helps save a lot of money on food when you're on the road. Protein bars, I like that. What about uh, what about like a, a a tub of shake powder? Well, yeah, it, you know anyone who's really into the training and watching their diet and stuff, yeah, a tub of protein powder would be awesome. Any supplements, really. <laughs> I always, people, I used to ask all the time, they say, what do you want for Christmas? I'd say, a gift card to GNC. Yeah. That'll get, that'll, that'll get a lot of things accomplished. Mm-hmm. Have, uh, have you yourself or known anybody who's gotten, you know, groupies or fans that who've given gifts at shows? And if a fan wants to give somebody... I'm not saying that this is okay or I'm endorsing this, but I'm just saying I'm sure fans before have given gifts to the stars. I'm sure they have. How would, how did somebody actually do that? Who did they get a hold of and how does that work? Like you see it a lot, a lot more in Japan. Well, maybe it's, maybe it happens a lot more now in the States, but um, usually as you're walking into the building, as you're leaving the building, if they haven't kicked everyone out by then, um, at intermission, when you're at the gimmick tables selling gimmicks, they'll come up. I had one, uh, someone in Nashville come up to the gimmick table and give me, I've actually had quite a few fans come up and give me CDs. And not, not even for Christmas, or I, sometimes it's been for my birthday, sometimes it's just here, you know. I know you like music, and they'll hand me a CD. That's really nice of them. Awesome. Or I love when they give me their artwork, like they've done drawings or paintings of me. I still I keep them all. I still have them all. Wow. You should take some pictures of those and upload those on uh, on Twitter. I would love to see some of those. I will. I will. I got a, I got a lot of memorabilia. Well, I don't have a lot of memorabilia, but just special things that I keep in a, one of those plastic tubs because I don't have a room to put everything up yet. <laughs> Hopefully I'll have one, but um, no, I, I, I'll do that. I'll, I'll take those out and I'll line them up and take pictures of them and post them online maybe. I was at a bar uh, when I was uh, part of a Legends of Wrestling. I was helping out with that, and Ricky Steamboat was there. Eric Bischoff was there. Um, oh, my gosh. The Nasty Boys were there. So many people were at the bar. 
So if you're a fan and you somehow either find out where the wrestlers are staying and they're at the bar, is it okay to go up to them and say, hey, let me buy you a beer or let me buy you a drink? Is that is that an okay thing to do or is it, hey, this is kind of their sanctuary, probably best to stay out? It depends on how polite you are. And, you know, because it's no fun encountering an obnoxious drunk who's being rude, you know. So it just depends, you know. And it depends on the person, too. Because, <laughs> I don't know. I'm always open to the fans because they're the ones who put food on the table. So I always try and give them time, no matter what I'm doing. Now, if I'm at a restaurant with my family eating, please wait till we're done and we're getting up and leaving. <laughs> you know, but but that's about it. I, I'm I always try and give the fans time. So I wouldn't think, especially I think any any of the wrestlers who's in a bar and you go up and ask them if you can buy them a drink, I think they will be fine with that. Just thinking of different ways that if you are a wrestling fan and you happen to come across somebody, the the appropriate way to handle that interaction because we know the wrong ways to do things and you know like you just said before don't interrupt a meal don't interrupt if they're talking to their children don't interrupt them if they're with their spouse or if they're trying to get to one terminal to another at the airport it's very very difficult i know a lot of fans are like oh my god this is my one shot to talk to whomever but you also got to keep in mind what happens if you were in their situation and you're busting ass trying to get from one place to another. Do you really have time to talk? And, and it's not a rude thing. It's just a I don't have a lot of time situation. And I think <clears throat> a lot of times when you guys are traveling, that's just the case. It's hustle and bustle. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially in an airport. And, it, you know, it also depends. Are you running to make your flight? Are you going to make another connection? Or did you land and you're heading – to baggage claim or heading to the building? Are you running late? Are you on time? You know, it it just depends. And it depends on the person, too. How much sleep have you had? Uh, when's the last time you ate? Or do you have some nagging injuries? Because a lot of the guys, you know, they can be cranky because of a lot of different things. It's not just their buttholes, but it's it's it could be a lot of things. Because traveling, uh, you know, to three, four different cities every weekend isn't easy. If you cruise on over to BlueChew.com and use promo code ECW, you can get your first order for free. All you got to do is pay the $5 for shipping and handling. It's the first chewable. Chewable. You can take it with food in your stomach or you can take it on an empty stomach. So when the time is ready for you, you don't have to worry about putting anything in your system. You can make your system work for you. There's no doctor visit, no awkward conversation, and definitely no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships directly to you in a discreet package, which after you take yours, I doubt yours is going to look discreet, but it may, quite like mine. But remember, cruise on over to bluechew.com. Hey, yo. $5 shipping and handling. First order's free. ECW promo code. Chew it and do it. <laughs> I mean, let's... what a team! I didn't even mean to set you up, and I set you up. You did, you did, you fed me, my friend. I got another question. Yes, and it starts out perfect after that commercial. Harder to take a chair shot or RVD's Van Daminator? Oh, I saw that question on social media, and I loved it. And I was like, I can't wait for Jerry to answer this because we've talked about this on the air and in phone conversations before. So. I think I know the answer, but I want you to share with us. What are your thoughts? 
uh, it depends on who's swinging the chair. Because if Balls was swinging the chair, that would probably be worse than the Van Daminator. Because I learned to try and spin off the Van Daminator as fast as I could. Otherwise, you know, you'd end up with a nice goose egg. But, but at that time, there weren't a lot of people I would let hit me in the head with a chair either, though. Because I, there's, you know, you saw how hard they were swinging the chairs. Well, and, and they were the chair would be the shape of a V. The seat well, would be the shape of a V after one chair shot. It's crazy. And you're telling me, no bullshit, Jerry. None of those chairs were gimmicked. No. Okay, so literally the steel chair I'm sitting in now that I bought at Walmart for our Thanksgiving, they would take that, yeah. swing it as hard as they could onto your head. The chair would be, how would you not, that's it. There, you, I, if someone literally at my Thanksgiving was pissed at my stuffing and hit me with that, do you realize I'd be out? I, I would not be able to function. How is it that people well, get hit like that and they still are able to keep going? I would be so freaking loopy, it wouldn't even be funny. It's a roll of the dice. Really. You're, you're playing craps. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean... When I saw, that's why I said when I first saw ECW, I liked watching it, but I swore I'd never wrestle there because you had Sandman and Balls trading chair shots back and forth. It was crazy. And then, you know, look how hard Tanaka and Awesome were hitting each other. It, it's, I, I thought someone is going to get an aneurysm or a blood clot and drop dead because it was insane. Even in Japan, when, Tanaka would go back there, they would get mad at him because by the time he got done in the States here and he'd go back to Japan, he could barely, he barely knew his own name. When you, when you take a chair shot, is there such thing as getting used to it? No. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) that's one of the most insane things I've ever heard. Well, well, no, you, but, but you get what I'm trying to say though. Like if, yeah, well, when you're taking bumps, you get in what we call bump shape where you're, I, I can't even describe it. Or you, I guess you just get used to taking that abuse. Right, but like, do you and, do you ever get used to a chair shot? No. If anything, it would get worse after everyone. But I don't understand how someone could even stand up and like keep going. Like you said before, the chairs would be in the shape of a V. The seat would be bent. Like how? Uh, how is some that even, people even just possible? You know, I guarantee if the first chair shot they took knocked them cold they wouldn't be doing it over and over and over again so it's just guys that have been i guess fortunate and they were able to take it wow but you know you're still doing unseen damage every time well you can go on youtube and you can see some of the most horrific chair shots and there's compilations of them i mean whether it's ecw wwe especially during the attitude era oh holy i mean there were some oh Mankind was handcuffed and the rock was chair shot them over and over. That was crazy. I mean, okay, with everything that they do that is show business, you're trying to tell me that you couldn't have some company manufacture a prop. You couldn't? Like that looked like a chair that well, was just strategically staged underneath the ring? I mean I, I can't be I can't be the first person to think that. We Wrestlers don't like the word fake. I'm not saying fake because you're still getting hit. No, I'm saying that's why we don't do it. 
That's why you don't gimmick the tables. Actually, if you gimmick the table, you go through it like even like butter and hit that concrete harder. But what about the but, gas beer bottles, though? Those are gimmicked. Some are. Some aren't. Some guys will use the real deal. So I guess it depends on do you, you know, do you want to get hit with a real bottle or not? And take that chance of it, you know, of the damage it can do or knock you out cold or, you know, worse. I guess, but, it, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's up to every, each and every individual, what kind of a chance that you want to take because it is a gamble when you're, when you're choosing to play with certain toys out there. So you especially, think, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say, especially fire and glass. I mean, all it takes is one wrong move and you, you've slit a major artery and you could be bleeding to death. But, but that's kind or, of like, you know, fire. But that's Who wants third-degree burns? But that's the point, though, Jerry. If this is supposed to be entertainment nowadays, wouldn't everybody in the locker room be cool if they were like, hey, you know, we have a props department. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. You know, we're going to do some trial runs with these things. No one's going to know any different. Blah, 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 blah. We've gotten together with a studio, a Hollywood studio. They have props. Like... It's up to each individual person what their choice is. What about you? Like I said before, one of the stupidest things I ever heard was the guy say, no, I don't think I can go down with one chair shot. You better give me two. Oh, and I thought, God. what? Um, it's what we make them believe. It's not uh, that I just shook my head and walked away. And I was just walking past and anyway, and I heard it, and I just went, it's like, oh, my God. What, what's happened to everybody? Well... See, that, that would be the one thing that would deter me. If I was an athlete in shape, which I'm neither, um, I don't think I could go for that. I, I just, ugh. Well, it doesn't matter how good you're in shape you are in when you're hitting. No, I mean, if I was in hit. wrestling, I, I don't think I would agree to any Oh, of those I see things. what you're saying. I would right. not agree to that if I was in the business. Now, I don't know if that well, would yeah. stymie my career if I said, listen, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to do that at all. Would, would I be looked down upon potentially? It depends on who you're working with. If it's because there's a lot of people who, you know, great, they want to hit you with the chair as hard as they can. And if you don't take it, well, you're a wussy, you know, I'm saying in a nice way. But, but, you know, but that's them wanting to get themselves over at your expense. It's your body. How is this this benefiting me? (laughs) Exactly. You know, it could benefit the match if it's done right and in a certain way and, and it could still be a safe way. But... There's guys that, you know, they come up with these newfangled ways of dumping you on your head and risking breaking your neck. But who cares about you? It's about them looking good. And that's, that's once again, the guys who are doing it to stroke their egos. When, um, you know, and I've, I always tell people when I do seminars, if there's something you do not feel safe taking, don't be afraid to say no. Because it's your neck on the line. And... One time I got, I didn't feel comfortable. I spoke up and I got talked into doing it anyway. And I permanently damaged my arm for the rest of my life. So it's your neck on the line. It's your body. Christopher Daniels did a seminar and I saw it on YouTube. And I got a lot of respect for Christopher Daniels. And and he echoed verbatim what Jerry just said. He said, listen, he said, don't do anything you don't feel comfortable with. And he said, here's the reason why. If you don't feel comfortable and you attempt to do something, you may do it wrong. You may hurt yourself. You may hurt someone else. 
at the end of the day, just admit, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing this. He had mentioned that Steven Regal doesn't do certain things like it's an arm drag or something. He just doesn't feel comfortable doing it. And he said there's nothing wrong with that. He says you work within what you are comfortable and you're good at doing. Don't put yourself in harm's way if you don't feel like you can do it. Exactly. I mean, it's dangerous enough what we do. All right. Any, any I don't other, know how we got there. Uh, well, we got all <laughs> philosophical. Yeah. Was uh, Is there any other questions that have been thrown at you from the listeners? Yes. Um, let's see. And we try to do these as often as possible. Sometimes it's just hard because there's a lot of things that we want to talk about. And then obviously we start rolling on a topic and we do really appreciate the questions. We try to answer as many questions as possible yes. on social media as well. So please keep them coming in. Uh, it means a lot to us. So, Okay. This is from, it's just ECW in a black circle. Okay. ECW in a black circle. Is that's I'm just I when I see a good question I'll take a screenshot and yes. save it so I don't get the whole address or anything on Twitter. It says, "Hey Jerry Lynn, it's been 20 years. I'm still wondering how good was Tajiri or Super Crazy's English." <laughs> Super Crazy's was pretty good. I mean, Super Crazy was one of my favorite luchadors to work with. He was so good. I should say, is so good. Um. So, and he was easy to communicate with and easy to work with. And Now, Tajiri, on the other hand, I think he would pretend to not speak English. <laughs> because I'll never forget, it was always, you know, yeah, maybe, so-so, just stuff like that. And then one time, someone went and handed him his check, and he was like, thanks a lot. Just in perfect English. I was like, you son of a... <laughs> Wow. So a lot of them pretend. So it depends on the person. I can honestly say I don't think we've ever had a question like that asked before. So ECW with a black circle. We do apologize. But that was a good question because I've always wanted to also know about the language barrier and how that affects things as far as when you're going out there and you're trying to have your match and somebody's from another culture and you're just not quite sure what they're saying. And, but I think you also touched upon this in, in previous episodes that there's this nonverbal language, you know what I mean? You can almost pantomime what you want to do. And that also kind of gets the point across. Mm -hmm. And most wrestlers from different countries, uh, know, they know the names, the American names of the moves. And, and nowadays, (laughs) It's almost even harder in our own country because every move has two dozen names now. What's another one? Oh, Mikey Whipwreck put a question out there. Mikey put a question. Yeah. He says, how do you fans feel about wrestling companies exposing the insides of their business on their respective social media accounts? Do you like knowing what is going on all the time or do you wish things were more kept behind the scenes and secretive? We kind of talked about this uh, not that long ago when the three of us were together. Yeah. So mm-hmm. once again, I, I think it's it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You, do you think that if they weren't to break the news themselves, it would leak anyway? Or do you think you're just not working hard enough to keep it private? Um, I don't know why anyone would want all the fans to know the inside secrets and tricks of the trade or even uh, – where an angle's going or who's going to win a match or whatever ahead of time. 
well, then you're not going to get the fans won't be as uh, into the match if there's no suspense and mystery to it. Like if I'm at a show doing a seminar or whatever, and I or even just doing an autograph signing or something, and people at will ask me, uh, "Will you watch my match and critique it?" And I'll say, "Sure." And they'll go, uh, "Here's what we're going to do." And I'll say, "No." I'll say, "Don't tell me what you're going to do. Just surprise me. I'd rather not know." Even if I just go to a show, like like I said earlier, if Pam and I go to a show and just watch, I don't want to know what's going to happen. I want to be, I want to have the suspense and mystery. Don't tell me ahead of time. If you tell me ahead of time, that ruins it. Then why am I sitting there watching the whole match if I know what's going to happen? Does that point. make sense? No, it makes it makes perfect sense. And I love magic. I like watching. Uh, like that Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Oh. Fool Us. I like watching that. Yes. And I'm glad that they don't tell people how it's done. I like how they hint to the other magician that, yeah, we know how you did it. Right. But I don't want to know how you do it. I enjoy watching it and suspending my belief. It's I, I wouldn't want to know all the tricks. I still, to this day, I have never gone uh, to Vegas and watched one of those big major magician productions. And I want to do that. I, I just... It's just, you know, it's fun to watch, to see that you can make it look like, yeah, it really is magic. And that's the way wrestling's supposed to be. So for me, I wish it was all, you know, I wish the curtain was still closed. Well, I just want to do a couple of shout-outs here before we, uh, we, we say our farewells. Uh, World Wrestling Podcast, uh, Big Bad Boo Bear. Uh, been reaching out to us. We really appreciate that as well. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. We do appreciate you as well. So many different people have reached out to us, and, and I don't have a chance to say thank you to everybody, but Big Daddy Beardo, you're a boy. We love you as well. And um, yeah, keep listening. Keep letting us know what you like about the show, what you would like to continue to hear on the show. We are all about uh, making this as interesting and as entertaining as possible. If you would like to go get some merchandise, go on over to Pro Wrestling Tees. Get yourself a Jerry Lynn or Mikey Whipwreck shirt. If you haven't already for the holidays, get yourself a front row material shirt as well. Follow us on iTunes. Show drops every single Wednesday. And uh, give us a, a review on iTunes as well. We would love to read those. There was one recently that was just a bunch of, uh, like, somebody, like, smashed their forehead on the keyboard. And it was like, J-R-W-Q, backspace. <laughs> Colon, semicolon, open quotation, and sign, ampersign. That could Um, be good or bad. I was just about to say, either they're like fuming or they're really, really happy. So uh, whatever that may be, leave us some feedback and and let us know what you're thinking. But we hope everybody's having a wonderful holiday season. We hope you enjoyed this Christmas special. Some things we talked about, obviously what to get a wrestler, Jerry's experience wrestling during the holidays. Um, Yeah. That's uh, that's about everything. So, Jerry, any final closing comments, statements, anything? Yeah, if you want to get me a gift, don't get me tape or anything anymore. No, no tanning packages. <laughs> I like tools now, like Dewalt, Dewalt tools. Yes, that's awesome. I yeah, love when it. I, now you know I am like Will Ferrell in old school. A big day is Home Depot and Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> Man, when I go into Lowe's or Home Depot, I turn into Tim the Tool Guy. That is awesome. you got to let me be your Al Borland one day. All right. (laughs) Um, 
And by the way, if anybody has any um, experiences with uh, with Longhorn, please let, let us know. If you've had a chicken sandwich, oh, please geez. please let us know if your chicken sandwich was uh, was full. And I not, guess it was the lunch. I guess it was the lunch chicken slider. So I guess because they call it slider, they can give you the minimal amount of chicken see, and still charge the, the, the same rate for a regular, you know. Hey, live and learn, right? That's crazy. I, I see you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're having fun with your neti pot back there, so. No, this is the, the stainless steel water cup with the stainless steel straw. I know. I saw stainless steel straws when I was finishing my stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I should get some of those. I heard they're yeah, pretty good. They are, actually. I like them. And then I saw the paper ones, and I thought, nah, nah, that's not good. No. Not good. Gotta Jerry get will pile them up at your feet and start a fire. And <laughs> <laughs> get the Neosporin out. Oh, God. All right, guys, that's going to do it. We appreciate you listening. We hope you guys have a great holiday, and we will catch you next week on Front Row Material. The world of MLW Radio never stops.